Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Y'all ready for the word? Let's go. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. And the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we honor you and we bless you. Speak, Lord. Come on, 1115. Tell them, say, speak, Lord. I need to hear from you. I am open and I am ready. In Jesus' name. Come on, in the building online, can you get yourself prepared to receive? Can I get you to lift your hands? Can I get you to release the worship? For five seconds, go five. Come on, get yourself ready. Four. Get yourself ready. Three. Get yourself ready. Two. Get yourself ready. Come on, somebody say, I'm ready. Come on, let's just prophesy over August a little bit more. Say, I'm ready for the best month of my life ever. I'm ready for the best results of my life ever. I'm ready to see the biggest blessing of my life ever. I'm ready to see the biggest miracle of my life ever. Come on, somebody say, I'm ready for new in every area of my life. You're in August. August is the eighth month. Eight is the number of a new beginning. Come on, somebody say, new. Come to me right now in Jesus' name. So let's go to work. We are in a new series, too. And this new series is called Let's Be Kids Again. And why are we in this series? Because 1 Corinthians 13, 11, you see this principle throughout Scripture where we are commanded and taught to be mature. We're commanded and taught to grow up. And you see the Apostle Paul say this. When I was a child, what did he do? Spoke as a child, understood as a child, and thought as a child. Watch this line. But when I became a man, what does that mean? But when I matured, which means there's a difference between being a male and a man. One is about how you're born. The other is about what you do after you're born. Pay attention. One is just about uh, getting to the earth. The other one is what you do while you are in the earth. It's about being responsible. And I'm so excited that you're a responsible person. Watch me. I'm so glad you ain't waiting on somebody else to do for you for what you can do for yourself. 
Watch me, Lempitine. I'm so glad you're not waiting on God to do for you for what you can do for yourself. Why? Because you put away your childish things. I'm so glad you don't play them little games you used to play. Come on, let's talk. Let's have testimony service. I'm so glad you don't play the games you used to play. I'm so glad you don't run with the circle you used to run with. Why? You have to put away some childish things. I'm so glad you don't let people pull you and your emotions the way you used to. Why? You put away some childish things. But watch me. But Jesus makes this statement because we should put away childish things. That's what the Apostle Paul says. But we should practice being childlike. Why? Jesus makes this statement in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, that's deep because Jesus literally says that the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. Eleven fifteen. open your mouth and say, let's be kids again. Now, now, notice he didn't say anything uh, uh, as it relates to the kingdom because most people, when they think of the kingdom, they think of dying and going to heaven. So consequently, you have many Christians who never, ever live their life on the earth because they're so infatuated with what happens after death that they never would ha master what happens on the earth. And watch me. Jesus says the kingdom, and the kingdom is not about what happens when you die. The kingdom is about what you're doing while you're alive. Hear me. If the purpose of salvation was that you would go to heaven instantly, then hear me, then once you got saved, you could die and go to heaven. The fact that you're still alive means that now you're saved, you're supposed to do something with your salvation. Y'all better talk to me. Now that you're saved, you're supposed to do something with what you're on the earth to do. Hear me. Luke 17, 21 says that the kingdom of heaven is not here or there, but it's what? It's in you, which means this building is not the kingdom. A cathedral is not the kingdom. A church facility is not the kingdom. The kingdom is in you, which means wherever you are, his kingdom is. I need you to know why you've been attacked your whole life because there's a kingdom that's on the inside of you that the enemy was hoping he could shut down and shut up, but it's too late now. I wish I had some people in this building online that could say the enemy should have got me when he had the opportunity to get me. But baby, I'm about to manifest this kingdom that's on the inside of me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So let me make this pragmatic because when we say kingdom, what does that mean? There's three basic definitions of the kingdom because it's not a place, it's a people. Say the kingdom is not a place, it's in a people. All right. So number one, it's when heaven's attributes invade the earth. Now, what does that mean, Bishop? I mean, you know, you're talking about walking on the streets of gold. What are you talking about? Angels and beasts flowing, flying back and forth. No. Romans 14, 17 teaches us the attributes of heaven. RPJ. Say it with me. Say righteousness, peace, and joy. All right. Now, look at this. Um, righteousness means in right standing with God and to have good character, which means there's something in you that wants things to be right with God. There's something in you that wants things to be right with God, because where's the kingdom? In you, which means there's something in you that says, I got to get this right with God. See, I'd rather be right with God than right with people and offend God. I need you to make sure that you're in a section full of folk and you're streaming with some people that say, listen, forget what man got to say about it. I'm concerned about what does God have to say about it because man doesn't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. And man may not clap and applaud, but baby, as long as heaven is clapping and applauding, I'm good. Right standing with God. Then it means good character. Reputation is who people think you are. Character is who you actually are. So 
It's possible to have a good reputation and not have good character. Because people can think you're great. You ever met somebody that had a good reputation, then when you dealt with them, you're like, your character is off. You only look good from a far distance. All right? Now, now, now pay attention. God, watch me. It's not good reputation. It's good character. In fact, watch me. Jesus' reputation wasn't that great when he was alive. In fact, watch me. For many great people, they aren't celebrated until they're gone. You celebrate Dr. King today, but while that man was on the earth, I wish I had some witnesses, he was treated as a pariah. They treated him like he started trouble and started issues. And now everybody marching, talking about free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we free at last. But while he was on the earth, he was not celebrated. Let that be a witness for some of y'all that they may not clap for you now, but before it's said and done, they're going to have to celebrate what you've done. Right standing with God and good character. Say, Lord, make my character right. Come on. What does that mean? If I say I'm going to do it, I do it. And if I make a mistake, I fix it. Good character is not about perfection. Good character is about making things right after it went wrong. And I'm so excited. You're sitting next to somebody, watch me, that's got good character. If they say they're going to be there, they're going to be there. If they say they're going to do it, they're going to do it. They see things through. Come on, say, I have good character. Number two, peace. And peace is this Hebrew word. That's the language of our Old Testament, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Where does this come from? In you. Because where is the kingdom? In you. Which means, watch me, change around me starts in me. And the issue most of us have is that we want stuff to change around us, and then we'll decide if we're going to change internally. Now, realizing change is an inside job. It starts in me, then it affects everything around me. And for some of y'all, watch me, as God is making you better internally, it's going to make your circumstances better externally. He's getting you right inside so that you can change what's happening on the outside. I I need to make sure you ain't sitting next to somebody that's stagnant and stuck. I need you to make sure you're in this section full of people that are becoming better. I need you to make sure you're sitting next to somebody that says, I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Come on, 1115, all you blessed, world-changing, history-making, curse-breaking people. Come on, say, I am Shalom. I Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. So if you ever feel like something is missing, broken, lacking, or not well, you need to look again. Because you're literally falsely indicting God on something that's not true. You are literally creating false charges and you're charging God. God, it looks like something's missing. Look again. God, it looks like something's not working. Look again. Watch me. Look at this last. It's righteousness, peace, and what's the third one? J, joy. Joy means glad and great. Glad is an emotion. Now, this is interesting. God says, there's an emotion that I give you that sticks with you. This is going to make me shout. You ready? God says, the one I make sure you have is the ability to be glad no matter what's going on around you. This is going to make me shout. See, other people got their head down and they're looking all sad and, and say, why aren't you sad? Baby, there's a gladness on the inside. Old saints used to say it like this. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I need to make sure I got some glad people at this 1115. If you're glad, it don't mean everything is good, but I'm glad. I need you to release worship for five seconds. Go. Five. Come on, somebody say, I'm glad about it. 
Literally, literally. He says, I, this one sticks with you. This one sticks with you. Because no matter what's going on, you can be glad. And think about it. A child is that way. A child does not know what they are experiencing because most children are going to choose to find something to be glad about. Even if you put your child in time out, they're going to be in that corner. Bet you she can't stop me from doing this. Bet you can't. They're going to find something to be glad about. And for some of y'all, you keep complaining. And God says, I'm looking for you to be glad, even in the midst of what does not feel good. I'm looking for you to be like the psalmist. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. What are heaven's attributes on the earth? RPJ. Here's the second definition of kingdom. Watch me. Let's go. How God does things. God does things in a way differently than we do. See, in the world, the world says get as much as you can, can as much as you get. God says once you get, release it to get more. It's crazy. Lord, you want me to release to see increase? Shouldn't I just keep what I have and pray for more? Mm -mm. God says whatever you want, you have to release it first. You want friendliness? You're going to have to release friendliness. You want somebody to support you? You're going to have to release support. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, releases, that shall he also receive, increases. Third definition of the kingdom. It is becoming who God said you are and possessing what God said you can. You're becoming and you're possessing. Which means, watch me, there's nothing wrong with stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. Because as you become, can I be honest with you? The more you become like God, the more you realize stuff is just a tool. It's a tool. So you ain't chasing the bag, baby. You are the bag. I ain't. Ask me, you recognize it's a tool. You recognize social media is a tool. You recognize money is a tool. You recognize influence is a tool. These are resources in order to do something bigger than me. All right? So what are the attributes of heaven and the earth? RPJ. All right? Righteousness. What's the second definition of kingdom? It's right there on the screen. It's an open book test. Right? And number three, say, I'm becoming and possessing. I'm becoming and possessing. Which means every day I get better and I have more. Every day I get better and I have more. Every day I get better and I have more. Every day I get better and I have more. Come on, I need you to speak some life out of your mouth. Say, every day I get better and I have more. So in Wednesday or on Wednesday's message in how to be a kid again, I showed you how to practice being childlike. Why? Look again. Jesus was very clear. Matthew 18, 4. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said the only way to receive the kingdom, the things we just I just taught you, the only way to get that is you're going to have to be childlike, not childish, childlike. And how do you become childlike? It's right there in the verses, underlined and bolded, humble. We have to be humble. Now, here's my problem. Can I be honest with you, 1115? Most of the times when I've heard humility ever taught in the body of Christ, it's been taught as if it's bad to do good. It's been taught as, you know when you need all of that? Uh, you don't need all of that. You don't tell me what I need. Y'all ain't going to say, it don't take all of that. Maybe it don't take all of that for you, all right? But as for me, I'm going up, all right? Uh, you, you, you don't need to be worried about winning. The Bible says he always leads me into triumph. 
which means you may be okay losing. I'm not about that life. I just want to know if there's some people at this 1115 that can say, listen, uh, winning ain't everything. It's just what I do. I, I need all the winners to just put a winning, just wave like you a winner in this building. Online, do that wave emoji. It ain't everything, but it's what I do. Somebody shout, I win. Matter of fact, say, all I do is win. No matter what. And my hands go up and they stay there. Y'all real deep at this 1115. What do they do, Bishop? They go up, down, up, down, up, down. All you do is win. Look at somebody say, you're a winner. So consequently, if you grew up in church and you were taught humility, often you were taught like it was bad for you to ever think about winning, to ever have success, to ever do anything good, like, like it was bad to do good. This is why some people, when, when they begin to achieve success, they think they don't need God. Because they were mistaught humility. Because you were mistaught humility, you think that humility means you got to be struggling to be spiritual. The devil is a lie. Revelation 5.10 says he makes us kings and priests, which means you can be spiritual and successful. You can be a PhD, watch me, and spiritual. You can have money and be spiritual. You can own property and be spiritual. Matter of fact, the way you have your king stuff is because of your spiritual stuff. So humility, biblically, it has two specific definitions. Number one, it means to be fully dependent on the Lord. Which means I'm not dependent on my job, I'm not dependent on a bank account, I'm not dependent on anything, I'm dependent on the Lord. And number two, it means dismissing reliance upon self. Which means, watch me, some people say, I don't trust nobody but myself. That's a problem. Because Jeremiah 17 says your heart, which is your mind in scripture, is deceitfully wicked above all things. Which means you lie to you more than anybody else lies to you. And you'll lie to you and convince yourself of your lie so that everything you see supports your lie. So you'll say, you'll say everybody's always against me. And because you have this victim narrative that you created, everything you see says everybody's against you. You have a problem with everybody and everything all the time. And you say, I just don't do people. No, you need to stop trusting you. See how quiet it just got? And then emptying our carnal ego. I heard someone say it this way one time. Ego stands for edging God out. See, to be humble means I'm fully dependent on the Lord. Come on, old school church. Let's see. I'm going to give you another opportunity. We've come this far by faith. Doing what? Leaning. Question, what do you lean on? You, you, okay, now, now let me prove it to you. What do, what do we lean on stuff for when I need something to hold me up? And for some, watch me, you don't lean on God, you lean on people. For some, you don't lean on God, you lean on your job. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me 1150. For some of you, don't lean on God. You lean on stuff. And God says, I need you to have a complete reliance on me. So when you're like, I don't know how to do it, but my God does. I don't know how it's going to work out, but my God does. This is why David, when he was looking at Goliath, he said, I don't know how to beat you, but the Lord is going to make sure that this victory is accomplished today. Second, second definition of, of humble is this. Come on, second definition of humble is this. It literally means humiliation. Say humiliation. Now, most of us, when we think of humiliation, we think of it in, you know, we think of it like it's a really bad term. How many when you hear humiliation, you're like, yeah, that's awful. Like, why would I want to be humiliated? Okay. This is literally what it means to be humble. But look at the definition. First, it's a feeling. 
which means it's not a fact. So sometimes you only feel like it's humiliating when it's not. But let's go deeper. It means the abasement of pride, which leads to being humble and submissive. So all humiliation means is that your pride, let me keep it super simple. Your pride has to go to the basement. Your pride is the lowest thing of your concern, which means what is, what is pride looking for? How you look to people? What the narrative is to people? You'd be shocked how many people stay in bad relationships because they pride don't want nobody thinking they fail. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me 11-15, so it's about to get real. I feel a jacket coming off in a minute, spirit. Watch me. You'd be surprised how many people keep doing bad stuff because they're so concerned about the way it looks to people because pride always wants to look like an expert. Humility says, you know what? I messed up. Humility says, you know what? I called that wrong. Who in this building and online isn't afraid to say, oops, you better catch you a, what's that girl's name? A Britney Spears spirit. Oops, I did it again. Now look, humiliation just means to be submissive, which means no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what I'm in, my posture is to submit. Now, I want to spend some time here because this, y'all, the 915 did this too, so I was prepared for y'all. Because when I said submissive, the room just went, he ain't talking to me. He just, all, and every husband looked at their wife like, and every wife looked at her husband like, and every parent looked at their child like, submission is not a cuss word. Submission is not a profane word. Even God had to submit. Think about this. God, who is 100% man, Jesus, 100% man, 100% God. He's the, the antipos. So much God can't believe he's man, so much man can't believe he's God. He literally comes to the earth to be born by a woman he created. Say submission. It takes submission to come through the, 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 the body of somebody that you created. Then he has to submit himself, not just to Mary, but to Joseph, a man who's not his own father. Which teaches us a lesson about blended families. Because if you got, if it's your kids and they kids, then watch me, that ain't going to work. Oh, it got quiet right there. Then when Jesus is age 30, he submits himself, the Bible makes it very clear, to a man called, we call John the Baptist. Not because he was like a missionary Baptist or Southern Baptist. Uh, a better word there is baptizer. And literally, uh, it was a Hebrew custom called mikvah. It was used to ordain someone to the ministry. If you were at the 915, you saw that at the beginning. We did an ordination. Now pay attention. Jesus, who is God, literally submits himself to a man to be ordained into the ministry by a man he made to show us that if God can submit, I need you to say this 1115. Say, there's nothing wrong with submission. And proof of submission, hear me, you don't actually begin to submit until disagreement enters the picture. It's not submission if it's something you want to do. It's not submission if it's your idea. It's a mission where you got a different idea and you're told this is what we're doing. Got it. See how quiet it got? But could, could a lack of submission explain a lack of success? Because anything uncovered will spoil. I need you to hear me today. And submission simply means that 
because I'm submitting to the mission of one that is greater than I. Let me just say this, because I know there's somebody thinking, well, you know, he's saying that because he's bitching. Mm -mm. This is the principle I practice. I'm a man in authority, but I'm a man under authority. Last week, I had a whole lot of stuff going on, and I got a call that my pastor wanted me to uh, spend some time dealing with another pastor uh, uh, and that some stuff that I uh, uh, handle for him. And I got a call they wanted. I said, listen, I don't care what else I got on. I stopped what I was doing. I responded to the email. I called that person. I spent one hour on the phone with this person. Why? To submit to what I was told. So I'm not just preaching this to try to just make a point. I'm preaching this because I live this, which explains why God can trust me with stuff. And I'm excited that he's about to trust you with more, too, because you can submit. For every person that's not scared of submission, lift your hands and say, God, I'm not scared of submission. Say, submission gives me strength. Submission gives me power. I need to speak because there's some strong women in this building. And I need you to know, it is not weak to be submissive. There's some strong men in this building and online. It's not weak to be submissive. Submission is simply to be meek. And the Bible says that Jesus was meek, which means he was submissive. It takes strength to submit. And people will try to tell you, you weak. I wouldn't let nobody do all that to me. I wouldn't let anybody say that to me. I wouldn't, that's why they don't have nothing. Submission takes strength. Say, I'm strongest when I'm submitted. Now, let's pull this into the message because, because parents, when you tell your child to do something, you expect them to submit. Now, I told them at the 915, we have bougie kids today. We have six-year-olds that want to eat sushi. And I'm like, I got some sushi, these fish sticks right over here. You get these fish sticks and these fries. That's sushi. It's fish. Cut it up. If you want to take the uh, casing off of it, take the, take the bread off. You want some wasabi? I'll get you some guacamole, baby. Put you some guacamole. <laughs> we have bougie kids today. You know, I, I want some crab legs. Crab legs? You better have this catfish that everybody else is in here eating. How many of y'all, when you grew up, you were like me, that whatever everybody else was eating, you didn't get to put in special meal orders. And then even when you started getting your own little money, your mom and dad is still saying, well, I'm not going over there. So if you want that's what you want, you better figure out how you're going to get there. Because this is what we eating. What's the point? As a parent, you expect your child to submit, even if it's not something that they particularly want. Now, why is this important to understand? Because Jesus said to get into the kingdom, all that stuff I just taught you, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing like all, all that stuff, he said, you're going to have to be submissive. And submission just simply says, Lord, your will, not my will be done. Hear me, Harvest, it was not my will to be a pastor. It was not my will to be a bishop. I said, God, I love you. Your people, I love too. But to uh, <laughs> But when I knew what his will was, I submitted to it. And every time, listen, can I keep it 100 with you, 1115? Every time my flesh would be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, you could take your skills and take it to Microsoft and be a 
quadrillionaire. <laughs> you could take what you do and you get, but I submit myself to his will. And I say, not my will, your will be done. Can I get you to open your mouth and make that declaration? Say, Lord, not my will. Your will be done. Now, now pay, pay attention. This is important because uh, notice humiliation is a feeling. And I taught you this, that how you feel and what you feel determines how far you go. And David showed us uh, uh, how to be a kid again because he went from kid to king. Can I teach you the story and we're out of here? Can I teach you the story we're out of here? You're about to see David humble himself. You're about to see him go from kid to king. And for many of you, this, hear me, let me prophesy to you. David was the eighth son of Jesse. Eight is the number of a new beginning. You are in the eighth month, and this is going to be your month of David. That means the same way David took down Goliath, what's Goliath? It's a big obstacle. It's a big challenge. It's the same. You're about to have some giants on the floor. It's about to be some body bags in your life. What do I mean? It's about to be some giants that are going to be knocked down this month. Can I get you if you believe that this is your David month? On three, open your mouth and just release a shout. One, two, three, go. It's your David month. This is your David month. This is your David month. Come on, somebody say, this is my David month. Now, let me show you what that means practically. Um, there is this giant named Goliath, and he is a Philistine warrior. He's one of their champions. Um, and he goes out and he taunts Saul, who is the incumbent king, and the army of the Hebrews, the army of the Israelites. And for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath walks out, and he says, I'm going to take all y'all down. He says, I'm going I'm to take y'all out. And for some of you, you've had Goliaths that have been taunting you. See, some Goliaths are out in front of you. They're taunting you. They're, they're, they're circumstances, their situations, their nouns. People, places, things, and ideas that are seem big to you that are stopping you from moving forward. But can I tell you where the most of the Goliaths that we face are? They're inside. There are big things that are in your mind that tell you you can't accomplish big things. There are big things that are in your thought process that tell you you can't accomplish big things. And I came to cancel every Goliath. I came to take down every Goliath. Come on, y'all. You're about to get some fruit this month because you've had some big stuff. Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? Tell me who's scared. If you got to send a Goliath after a David, then tell me which one is scared. Could it be that the enemy is so afraid of you? This is why you've always had to fight such big obstacles and big problems. But guess what? He should have killed you when he had the chance. It's too late now. Open your mouth, please, and say, I'll take some giants down this month. So David, so David, David runs out. And when he runs out, pay attention, y'all. When he runs out, have a little bit more time to live for things so I can go a little bit more in depth. When he runs out, he sees the king afraid. He sees the army afraid. But watch me. Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. I'll say it again. Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. So watch what David says to Saul. Don't worry about this Philistine. Now, David, you've been in the back with sheep. You have not ever fought a giant. You have no military training. You have no military experience. The people with the experience are scared. Which means the right time to do it is when the experts are scared. I feel 
Like somebody needs to hear that word. Because you keep talking about what the news said this and TikTok said this and Instagram. To heck with what everybody else got to say. When everybody else says you should not, that's evidence. That's the right time for you. I need you to make sure you sit next to a David. Fist bump him and say, go on and bust a move. Bust a move. Bust a move. Wrong person. Go to somebody else and say, bust a move. Bust a move. I when the experts say you shouldn't, that's when you should. When the experts are scared, that's when you should be fearless. So watch. David says, watching all this fear, you shouldn't do that right now. I wouldn't try that right now. I wouldn't do that right now. You know what David says? David says, don't worry about this, Mark. Mark is an urban colloquialism that simply means a gentleman that I do not have that much taste for. Just don't worry about him. He says, I'm going to fight him. Watch me. Saul says, don't be ridiculous. Kids are ridiculous. A six-year-old talk about they're going to be a doctor. You'll catch it in a minute. Never studied. Don't know nothing about being no doctor. Don't know nothing about how much it's going to cost. But they saw it, so they said it. And some of y'all watch me. God needs you to have some ridiculous faith this month. It seems crazy, it seems ridiculous, and it's gonna be ridiculous until it's done. Come in, Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible until it's done. Somebody say, I got ridiculous faith. I, you got water walking faith. You got the type of faith, watch me, you're gonna look at property and don't have a loan. You got the type of faith, watch me, where you're getting ready to start making plans and yet you don't have any clue how the plans are gonna come to pass. You got the type of faith you don't even know who's going to publish your book, but you started writing it. God, I wish I had. You got the type of faith that says, I'm looking for places in other cities. Why? Because you're not going to lock me down to one city and the one zip code. You know, Somebody say, Lord, I have ridiculous faith. David says something ridiculous. This is crazy. You're going to fight this 6.75 to 9.75 foot-tall giant? You sound ridiculous. Look at me. If it's not ridiculous, it's not righteous. If it's not ridiculous, that's you. That's not God. You size down what God could do based on what you can do. But I'm about to stir a David up in this building and no line. So where you're going to start looking at stuff. Some of you are like, Bishop, I'm just trying to cruise. I'm in my retirement years. No, boo. You about to be like Caleb that says, I'll get more done in my latter years than I would in my former years. That means for some of y'all, listen, I rebuke your age. You're not too old. It is not too late. You watch me. You're just right and you are ready. Saul says, don't be ridiculous. Look at me. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. You're only a child. You're only a kid. Oh, you said the wrong words to the right man. Verse 37. Watch what David says. The Lord who rescued me from this Philistine, or from the claws of the lion and the bear. Now, wait a minute. David, we don't know anything about these private victories. We didn't see you fight the lion nor the bear, so we didn't even know this had happened. Hear me, hear me, 15. You're about to see public reward for private victories. Nobody saw you beat suicide. You did that in private. 
Nobody saw you beat your challenge. You did that in private. But what if I told you the month of August, God says, I'm going to reward you publicly for the things you beat privately. You beat a lion. You beat a bear. You beat, and you're about to take down this giant. Somebody said, I'll get public recognition for private victories. Look at me. He said, well, y'all thought I was just back here keeping these sheep. In other words, see, you thought I was being put down to be out here with my daddy's sheep. See, here's what's crazy is that people think that they can actually do something to harm you. Y'all are making me have to preach real aggressive. See, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for my good, which means you can't hurt me if you wanted to. You don't have it like that. Because they, his brothers thought, his seven brothers thought, yeah, put David out there. It's punishment to keep the sheep. But David was learning leadership skills. David was dealing with some private victories. His brothers never saw him take the lion down, so they thought he was a square. They thought he didn't have what it took to fight. His brothers never saw him take the bear down. Watch me. Just like some people have never seen you do what you were about to do in August. They thought all you were was a single mama. They got you twisted. You a single mama and a business mogul. And they thought all you were was a single father. They thought all you were was a man. They thought, all, baby, somebody said, there's more to me than meets the eye. Ah. Come on, prophesy to somebody say, there's more to you than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye. You're about to go from kid to king, from kid to king. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. I, I gotta, I've got to try to finish this experience because that takes me up. Because See, while people think that, they're, that somehow you're being put down, that's really putting you on. See, I'm so glad how you handle, watch me, your serving. Because see how David served his father's sheep. That's what qualified him to be king. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. All right, look, 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 look. He says, I got these private victories. We're almost done. And he said, um, so I'm not scared of Goliath. And said, in fact, he said, if you want the truth, it was the Lord who rescued me. B because the truth, come on, David, you fought a lion. You fought a bear, a whole bear. This ain't Smokey the Bear. This ain't Pooh Bear. This is a bear bear. You fought a bear? Mm -mm, the Lord did. God's about to give you a strategy to take down what nobody else in your family has. God's about to give you a strategy to take down the statistic that's stacked against you. Please lift your hands because this is going to be a month, I prophesy to you, where you are going to literally take down what should not be taken down by somebody with your background. And you'll do what's not on your resume. I'll prophesy. And you'll do what's not on your resume. And you'll do what you don't have the qualifications for. And you'll get what you didn't apply for. Matter of fact, check your email when you get home. You got some favor waiting on you. You'll get scholarships you never applied for. You'll get finances you never looked out for. Somebody say, and it's happening this month.
So listen, 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 listen. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. Kids are adventurous to talk to play it safe. Saul was like, okay, go, go. Let the Lord be with you. Let the Lord be with you. In other words, Saul thought, this boy from the die. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish at this 11.15 either. I'm so glad they counted you out. I'm so glad they said he ain't going to be able to do it. I'm so glad they said she's not going to be able to do it. And I'm so glad a lot of that hate came from your own. Came from your own family. Came from your own blood. Came from your own friends. So that means you're in good company. You're in company with David. Saul is like, this is, okay, you're going to take Goliath down. Okay, good luck. Lord be with him. So what does Saul do? Saul says, well, listen, use my armor. This is interesting. I ain't going to use it, but you use it. He says, I want you to put my armor on. And I want you to pay attention to the next, part, the next verse because I want you to look at the end. David said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. Look at this part of the verse. So David took them off again. Which means David put on Saul's armor, walked a little bit, took it off, second-guessed himself. I rebuke you second-guessing your decisions. I pray your decisions this month, you don't second-guess them. But God will help you to make the right decision the first time. Please lay your hands on yourself. Say, I won't second-guess my decisions this month. I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. So he puts them on, takes them off. Second guesses himself, puts it back on, takes them off. Saul, the Bible says, was a very tall man. So literally, David could not wear Saul's armor because he was just too big. Saul's armor was just too big. In other words, check this out. Saul, you need it, but I don't. You need the armor, watch me, because God ain't fighting for you. But when I walk, I'm going to throw this mic. I got on the whole armor of God. Woo! This is spiritual. I got a helmet of salvation. I got a shield of faith. I got a breastplate of righteousness. I got my feet shot with the preparation of the God. Somebody say, my armor is spiritual. Oh, my God. I don't need what you need because I'm spiritual. You need all of that. Tell somebody say, I don't need all of that. Say, because I'm spiritual. Y'all need all that stuff. I don't need all that stuff. You need people clapping for you. David said, I learned how to for myself. You need people to support you. David said, I learned how to support myself. Look at somebody say, you don't need what they think you do. You ready? You ready? Look, look, look. We're almost done. But who told David that was even an option? Because kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be like everybody, or until they're taught to be quiet. Who told you, David, you could even tell the king you can't wear his stuff? See, kids will ask you for stuff that you're like. I had a kid in the vestibule a few, few days ago, a few weeks ago, I guess months now, walk up to him and say, Bishop, I want some money. 
this is their first time meeting me in this setting. I think who is <laughs> probably the parents probably in here. He said, to me, say, Bishop, I want some money. That's what they said. No, don't tell you that to me. <laughs> no, that's what they said to me. No, that's okay. Don't say that to me. <laughs> Watch me. I was so blown away by the boldness of the statement. I got some money. It says, since you asked me, the parents in this room right now, watch me. Some of y'all, God is like, would you just ask already? Would you just ask me? You have not because you ask not. I need to know there's some people at this 1115 that are about to ask God for some big stuff. I, I can ask it. I can ask it. Come on, say somebody, say this, say I'm about to ask for it. I, I literally, I literally took up an offering in the hallway and said, here, because I don't carry cash, here you go. I can't let you run my card now. I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. She saw me, and when she saw me, she saw me as a source. So she said, well, he can provide. Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold is his, all the silver is his, which means there's nothing you can ask that he cannot supply. I pray in the month of August, you start asking for some. Don't just ask him to get a job, ask him to run the company. Don't just ask him to pay the bill off, ask him to be debt free. Don't just ask him for a property, ask him to get it with no money down. I need you to say, I'll ask. Let's go, let's go, let's go, we gotta go. We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. So look, verse 47. Look what David says when he talks to Goliath. Now he's gonna go from kid to king. See, Saul was like, you need all my stuff. You need my infinity stones. I ain't finna tell my ring. So you need all of this stuff. And David was like, you need that, Saul. And it ain't even working for you. I wish you stopped taking advice for people who their advice don't even work for them. I wish you stopped consulting cursed people about how to be blessed. So he runs up on Goliath. And when he runs up on Goliath, what does the Bible say? He says, the Lord, this is his battle. And he's going to give you, watch me, watch me. Pay close attention to what David says, to us. My mother loves uh, Prince. And she sent me, anything she sees of Prince, she sends it to me. She sent me this video about how Prince was supposed to be in the Michael Jackson video Who's bad? And uh, they started, Prince shared the reasons why he didn't get in the video. So it ended up being, I think, Wesley Snipes, the guy in the video. Okay, let me, I forgot I'm in Denver. Prince was a music artist. <laughs> Anybody heard of him? Prince? At one point, he changed his name to this. And, and in the, uh, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come on, get behind me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, John. Come on, get behind me. Come on, get behind me. In, in the video, okay, come on, Johnny, Johnny, come on, right here, come on, you, you're going to be the opposite part in the video, you ready? You ready? 
And I come in, they all spread out. Now it's not a line. Y'all spread out, spread out. So in the video, it starts like this. I'm going to tell you, watch me. Because see, look at me. Kids, look at me, look at the screen. Kids don't just fight for themselves. Kids will fight for somebody else. Look at the verse. Go back to the verse. David said, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. Michael Jackson's song started out. He says, your blood is mine. He said, you know what? You understand? It ain't just Michael. Michael got his crew with him. What am I trying to tell you? This month, it's not just you that's going to take a Goliath down. Everybody connected to you. I need you to check your rope to make sure you got some other Davids. Why? Because you ain't just fighting me. When you see me, you see us. And your butt is mine. I wish I had some Davids in this building. Release a praise right there. Go. You ain't just fighting you. They fighting you and your whole house. It ain't just you. It's you and your whole row. Harvest, if one of us is in a fight, all of us is in a fight. And we all about to win. Let's go. I got to go. I got to go. Verse 50. Say, this is for everybody. Say, you're going to do this, mama, and you're going to do this for your kids. You're going to do this, father, and you're going to do this for your whole house. And some of the stuff that you dealt with your sons and your daughters will never, ever deal with. Come on, Harvest, this month, God is going to fight for us in an amazing way. And we're going to take more territory in the month of August than we've taken the first seven months. I prophesy we're going to do more in August and September of this year than we've done our previous 16 years of existence. Why? Oh, because we are a house full of Davids. We're a church full of Davids in this building and online. Verse 50, this is where you at? We got to go. So, say your name. Your name. Some of what I heard sound like tongues. Come on. Say your name. Triumphed. Look at the next part of the verse. But he had no sword. He didn't have what they said he needed. And I'm trying to tell you, 1115, you keep telling God what you don't have. You keep saying, well, I need this, I need that, I got to do this, I got to do that. Once I do this, then I can do that, then I got to do this. And God says, you're going to do it without what they say you need. Some of you single people, you keep saying, no music right here, I want to talk as direct as I can. You keep saying, well, as soon as I get somebody. So you're going to wait to take a Goliath down until you're in a relationship? You better take your Goliath down now. So when you take your Goliath down, you can make sure you find you another David. You find you another giant slayer. You don't need no punks in your life that have run from battles. You need people in your life that say, where to fight at? Where, where we got to go? I pray God put some people in your life that when they see the fight, they're like, we got you. Everybody stand. Everybody stand in the building and the line. Everybody stand in the building. I'm not going to finish. I ain't even going to try. I ain't even going to try. <laughs> so this David, say your name. Triumphed. 
Look at this last line. Kids are creative until they're taught to be like everybody else. See, a kid looks at this and says, I got I to gotta, I gotta train. This ain't nothing but some crates with cardboard wheels. But I can be creative with what I got. Look at me. God says, take what you have and be creative with it. David had no sword, but he took down a giant. And then he used the giant sword to cut the giant's head off. I'm glad you don't have what you think you need. That means you're going to have to lean on the Lord. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Total dependence on God. Uh-oh, child. I know sometimes it's going to feel like Twister. You're all spread out. I ain't even going to do that. I ain't even going to do that. I know life feels that way sometimes. But you got to hear me. You will triumph without what you thought you needed. And whatever doors you knock on, I pray they're open. And whatever ask you make, I pray that the answer is yes. And whatever you answers you seek, I pray you find this month. I need every David. Now, if you're not a David, it's okay. Just be quiet. Just let us have a moment. But I believe everybody is a David in here and online. Can you just take 10 seconds and just lift your hands and worship the God that's about to give you victory this month. Ten. Bishop, how do I worship? It's out of your mouth. You tell him he's amazing, he's awesome, he's strong, he's mighty, he's powerful, he's great, he's incredible, he's the lover of your soul. Come on, 11.15. We're talking about worshiping Jesus here. We're talking about worshiping King of kings and Lord of lords and the great I am. And he gives you victory. And he gives you victory, and he gives you victory, and he gives you victory, and he gives us 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 victory, and the doctor's report will come back good, and he gives you victory, and your family situation will be handled, and he gives you victory, and you'll never go down that dark hole of depression again. He gives you victory. He gives you Come on, say your name. Say, I have victory. But say your name, no. Say, you have victory. Here's about eyes closed. We're done. If you're in this building online, you need to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord. Wherever you're at, in the building, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. Online, I'm going to ask you to do the hand with the emoji and say, it's me. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. This is your moment. Don't miss it. Don't say, I'll do it next week, Bishop. Tomorrow's not promised. Next week is not promised. God's coming to get you today. Today is the day of salvation. That's you. On three, hands up in this building or online. Online. Do the hand wave emoji says me. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Every race, every background, every, every pedigree, every height, every size. Everybody is included. Nobody is excluded. You become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord on three. Hands up in the building online. Hand me emoji or say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Respond right where you're at right now. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Come on, church. I need us to celebrate the hands in this building. 
online, I need you to do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. Pray this for me, everybody. I don't care if you and Jesus went to school together and you got a picture in your senior, senior yearbook. Pray this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall, I'll get right back up from kid to king. This is my David month. Some giants are coming down. What blocked me the first seven won't phase me the last five. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that prayer for the first time. Scan that QR code on the screen or text decision to 877-552-4746. Um, I just heard the Lord loud and clear. Can I just get you, um, whatever your level of comfort is, if it's an elbow, if it's grabbing their hand, um, either of those. Um, but at just 11.15, somebody in here and somebody online, um, the Lord said they need backup. So can I just get you, elbow them, grab them by the hand. We only take 10 seconds to do this and we got to go. Amen. I love you, 1115. I can't wait to read your praise report. I said, I can't wait to read your praise report. Just squeeze that hand a little bit. Don't hurt them. You ain't got to show them how strong you are. You ain't got to show them you got the infinity stones. Say, Father, whatever the hand I hold, Whatever backup they need in the spirit, I'm that backup. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke. Come on, say, I rebuke anything negative that was waiting on them after church. I cancel it. Today's going to be a good day. Woo! Today's going to be an amazing day. I'm their backup in the spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, I don't know who that was for, but release a praise for your neighbor. I don't know who that was for. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You can live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere and be a part of the Harvest Church family. All you got to do is text join harvest is one word to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. If you want to sow to seal, I want I want you to get that ready. And I'm going to have us sow the same seed that we did at the 915. And it's going to be connected to that verse we were just in. It says, so David triumphed. I want you to join me in sowing a $50 seed. And you're literally going to call this, this is your triumph seed. Put the scripture up one more time for them so they can see that. I told you at the beginning of May, the Lord told me that he was going to begin to release wealth into the people of Harvest. And so since May, every experience, every prayer, I've been using specific targeted seeds, just in obedience to the Lord. If you've been around for a while, you know I never did that, uh, especially not with that level of sequential order. I'm just obeying God because I believe there's something he wants to get to you. So say your name triumphed and you didn't have what you thought you needed look at me if you don't have it you don't need it lift your giving to the Lord in the building if you want to use cash app that's available dollar sign bishop foreman f-o-r-e-m-a-m with the number two paypal venmo zell givelify all of that is available with the email hello at harvest church that church you want to use crypto you can do that. Hello at Harvest Church. Church. Text to give. You can text it to 844-669-5369. Whatever the amount is, you just text it to that number. Or you can give through our app. That's the simplest way to give. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing.
And I will triumph this month like I've never seen before. I speak life into my August. I'm expecting giants to come down in front of me and in me. Whatever blocked me before, it won't block me now. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.